Opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Good morning and welcome to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Each Saturday morning at 7.30, successful business leaders and entrepreneurs from across the low country talk about what it takes to succeed in business and in life now your hosts of beyond the business eric cox and leslie haywood and great saturday morning low country welcome to another edition of beyond the business heard exclusively here on 94.3 wsc every saturday morning as well as simulcast on iHeartRadio. i'm one of your hosts eric cox here this morning with byron stall good morning byron good morning eric glad to be here here we are trucking through February. It's hard to believe. I don't know what happened in January. Poof, it's yeah, gone. Yeah, guys out there, it's almost Valentine's it's Day. It's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, good good reminder coming yeah. up, right, yeah. uh, this week. So uh, anyway, welcome back to another great edition of Beyond the Business. People you know, stories you don't. Uh, where we've been trucking along now for five years, believe it or not, here on the airways in Charleston, talking about stories of entrepreneurship and leadership. And uh, we're excited to have back our guest from last week, Mr. Owen Kokinda. Owen is the uh, founder and owner of Canine Control Training here in Charleston, as well as several other business ventures that we're going to talk about today. But uh, first of all, Owen, uh, thanks for actually coming back. I know Byron's challenging and tough with his questioning, so he didn't run you off last week. No, thank you for having me. Thanks for showing up again this Saturday morning. Absolutely. Thanks for having me back. We're excited to to dive in and certainly hear a lot more about uh, kind of where we left off with the story. But there may be a listener or two, shame on them, that didn't hear uh, your segment last week. So for those listeners, uh, give them a quick insight to what canine dog training uh, is all about. So canine control training is a dog training company for all breeds, all sizes. Um, we focus on anything from basic obedience to anxiety, aggression, any type of issues that you may have. Um, we are a board and train facility. Uh, we house the dogs. We train the dogs. We train you how to handle the dogs once they've been trained. And so you say anxiety and aggression. Are we talking about the dog or the owner? Well, both, yeah. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Well, you know, it's always good to take a look back at, you know, the previous episode and, you know, some of the biggest takeaways. And, you know, one of the biggest takeaways that I took is, you know, honestly, one of the biggest takeaways I usually take away from successful entrepreneurs, uh, hint, hint there, and that is persistence. Um, Owen uh, hit many roadblocks throughout his life, whether it was applying to the Marine Corps three separate times or uh, initially trying to start a canine division in Clover, South Carolina with only a budget of $5,000. And those obstacles did not matter. He just powered through and he's he's now an accomplished entrepreneur. And that's just a pure testament to overcoming adversity and persistence. Yeah, that whole adage, right? Hard work uh, kind of beats all things and trumps all things. And certainly your life has been one of persistence and hard work. And um, you're talking about the pressure that you learn to handle and navigate while being on the uh, the police force up in Clover. It uh, sounds like certainly the, the element of pressure that extends itself in the entrepreneur waters. Sure. It was a, that was a great training opportunity for you. And I love the quote. I'm a big quote guy. Um, you said... Uh, quote, I've always worked too hard to not do something for myself when we asked you why I become an entrepreneur. And so what a great perspective of if I'm going to put this much time, energy and effort into something, why not be for me versus somebody else? Absolutely. So great stuff. Uh, looking forward to diving in today to a little more where you are in the business and how it's evolving. But let's back up a quick second. Just again, for those who might have missed last week, you know, when you left the police force up in Clover and you moved down to Charleston, you kind of jumped off that cliff and said, I'm going to go start my own business. 
um, had obviously experience uh, with the dog canine unit up in Clover. Uh, came here with, uh, I think, some confidence, it sounds like, because you'd been around that. But as you mentioned, you know, early on, that was a struggle, right? You were bootstrapping it. You were doing everything yourself. Um, remind our listeners a little bit of those that first year, first few months, just sort of mentally and psychology, what it was like for you to say, all right, I'm doing this. It is my own business. But dang, here are some of the challenges and struggles I'm going through. Oh, absolutely. So uh, I can't thank my wife enough for the efforts that she took on as well because it wasn't just me and and it was it was the two of us for sure um she's the one that that can respond to the emails or, or could at that time could respond to the emails and talk and and do all the 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 on the phone type of stuff while i was training dogs so without her i don't think i would be where i am and with that great plug you might not even have to give her flowers this week, right? I mean, that was perfect <laughs> perfect for sure yeah so i mean it, it was a struggle every bit of the way was a struggle i i think the first uh the first year we were losing money every month. I mean, there was, it was, and not little dollars. We were losing big dollars every month. I, I remember there'd be times where I'd have to pull $200 just to pay the rent. Uh, the, it was a, it was a real hard time to go through and knowing that, you know, we were having a child on the way was just, how are we going to do this? So I, I started looking at other options. I mean, it, there was no alternative and I don't know where exactly the, the flip actually happened. I think it may have been the Google. Uh, reviews started coming in and started really generating for us. Um, and that may have been the, the flip of the switch. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we did start getting to the, that second year and I got to about, f- you know, 16 to 18 months and uh, I got overwhelmed. Uh, I, I was so getting so busy by myself that I, that's when I uh, ended up having to hire, uh, who's now my, my general manager is, is Joe Corn, And I ended up hiring him to, uh, come on on board and uh he had a really good dog training not training but dog background uh not so much in the training side as far as everything goes uh but he had been in the dog world since he was 16 years old um and he really helped help me excel to the next level because i was you know getting kind of burnt out and uh the rule of thumb i always followed was you know when you start feeling yourself starting to go down it's time to hire um so that's what kind of what i did and uh and so from there, we just kept growing. Yeah, that's that's great. So I, I want to uh, backtrack one one last time. Um, one of the issues that you mentioned, I think, is an issue a lot of entrepreneurs face. You were you're in there training the dogs all day, every day. You don't have time to go out and grow the business and advertise. What were steps that you took in hindsight that helped you market the business? help bring in more business was it the google reviews can you put your finger on the pulse and say hey this really was something that helped bring in business while i was there doing the work uh, honestly i i can't say what i what it was i know that i did uh i did hire at one point my my wife's sister to come in and be more of like a sales rep and try to go out uh and you know hit some of the dog parks and you know, put boots on the ground and, and say, Hey, here we are, we're here. And, uh, I think the best investment I think I've I made in the entire business was I, I bought a $278 sign and I put it at the end of my road and it said nothing but dog training with an arrow pointing to us. And I think that probably generated, uh, thousands of dollars in revenue for us. It's a nice ROI. Yeah. So, um, as you were sitting there in that first year or so, what was the vision of where you wanted to take this business? 
Uh, you know, I thought it was just going to be like a, a small boutique and, and it was going to be basic obedience training. I was not anticipating uh, moving it to a rehabilitation side of things. I didn't even realize that it was such an issue. Uh, there were other companies in the area, not what they are today. There's a whole lot more that have d- developed since uh, we started. Um, but I found a niche and I always, my rule of thumb is always be good at one thing before you try to do a bunch of things. And so, so what I saw uh, in a lot of other businesses when I was looking is, uh, there's a lot of businesses out there that try to be uh, good in a lot of different areas, but they're not good in one, and they're not great in one. And I've thought to myself, okay, well, I don't need to sell product. I don't need to do this. I don't need to do that. I need to focus on one thing, be really good at that, and that will excel. And then at some point, if I want to do something else, I'll try that. But at this stage of the game, that one thing is still the bread and butter that holds the glue to everything that we do. And there's no reason for me to try to keep continuing to do something else because I feel like you lack uh, a lot of things that you were good at start to start go by the wayside. And so I, uh, staying and maintaining your own lane is, is the best thing I could give anybody's advice. So to clarify, is your niche the rehabilitation? The niche is definitely the basic obedience, more of a uh, law enforcement, military-style dog for the average homeowner um, without doing... you know, apprehension or search and stuff. We give you the basic foundation and you go and do what you want from there. Um, We're not really focused on trying to give you protection dogs and this, that. And and that's what, you know, a lot of people think it's the cool thing, but the reality of it is there comes a huge liability with it. And that liability to me isn't necessarily worth the risk. Um, I would hate to train somebody's dog and doing apprehension. And next thing you know, their kid gets bit or something happens. And for me, it's just not worth it. Um, I've been down that road by, as a single person, and, and I had a lot of fun doing it. However, I know the liability that comes with it, and that's why I don't do that. And so back to that vision and growth and scale, the business takes off, right, and it's going well, and you start hiring employees. You've got eight employees, a facility, a general manager. Uh, we were talking about this before the show started. Um, the, the thought, as all of our entrepreneurs do, you sort of hit this fork in the road of, all right, do we continue to scale and grow and feed the machine? Do we keep it more small and boutique and nimble and fill? Uh, talk about that moment for you and the decision that came from that. Um, I think it was, you know, a combination with sitting down and, you know, as, as like I said before, is every time I hit a, a spot where I thought, you know, I'm kind of burning myself out because I'm trying to do all the work. That's always been the point where, you know, my wife was no longer allowed to be in the office because we had a kid. And then we eventually found out we were having a second kid. And it just it, it didn't work for our, our family. So at that point, I was doing, you know, the phones and Joe was helping with the phones and we we're trying to respond to every email. And it just got overwhelming. So I was like, OK, well, we need to hire a, ma- a manager for the office to manage our office and take care of all that. So I got burnt out to that point where I was like, OK, I need to do that. I hired somebody for it. And then as we continued to keep growing, I hired uh, – the next hire was was Grovo. And, and his name is Daniel Grovo. He works for us, and he's a, a great dog trainer. He came from another training company. We were lucky enough to have somebody that had some uh, some good, solid experience to come join our team. And uh, he's doing really well with us and, and growing the business with us. And so uh, we keep going. And, and really what we needed here as of recently was just people to start – caring for the dogs in a way that we could uh we can make sure that we were on top of things because there's a lot of things with anxiety dogs that you deal with with as far as you know licking of paws and causing hot spots and you know there's a lot of things that go into that we don't really realize that these dogs are going through from the psychological aspect 
and we need people to be on top of that 24-7. So I had to hire a, a kennel staff at this point to really get us to the next level. And then that vision of just continuing to grow and getting bigger and bigger. So we're, you know, I think we're kind of capitalized at where we're at. I mean, our, our business stays anywhere between two to four weeks booked out in advance. Um, I don't feel like that the, we have the capability of having more dogs coming into our facility without losing a lot of uh, quality. And so for us, the quality is way more important than the quantity. And so we have to keep it as minimal as possible. I mean, I'd love to grow the business to have 70 dogs in there at one time, but it's it's just an unrealistic expectation. And you're not going to get hands on every dog that you need to and spend the, the hours that need to go into them. So at that point, it's just not worth doing. Um, so we, we keep it as a, you know, 15 dogs in, in kennels and we keep five available for dogs that have been through our training program that want to come back for a refresher course. And we leave five kennels available for them. So we can house up to 20 dogs at one time, but we give the, our customers the opportunity to bring their dogs back in so we can keep going with our training. So give us a, a kind of an inside scope as to the inner workings of your business, the culture, and then that you, you've already alluded to some of the different roles between the office manager and the GM and the trainer. Just kind of give us a deeper insight to some of the other roles uh, within your business. Okay. So, you know, I, I've, uh, it's been a really hard transition for me is trying to uh, be an owner from being a hands on, on ground. I've always done all the work myself and, and you know, Growing a business, you learn how that you you have to start to walk away and let the people that you hire do their job. And and unfortunately, you know, I've had a really hard time with that. And you know, sometimes it's got to be brought to light. Like let them do their job. And and you know, Lauren's really good about it. And Joe, he's fantastic. He'll tell me and put me in my place sometimes. And and it's good for me to hear that. Um, you know, because a lot of times I try to to do a lot of uh, too much. So. Uh, but yeah, we have Danielle, she's in the office with us and, and she does a fantastic job and communicates with our customers and gets some pictures of their dogs or videos of their dogs and, and tries to do the best that she can as far as, you know, when you're dealing with 15, 20 dogs at a time, you're not going to get, you know, around to every single dog plus try to keep up with everything. But she's a, a huge impact and a really, really important role. Uh, she is the face of the company. When you call in or you talk to somebody, it's going to be Danielle. When you come through the walk through the door, it's going to be Danielle. So she has a really important role. Sometimes she doesn't even realize how important her role is. And so uh, it's really, really cool to, to watch her work too. Um, and we've got Grove is one of our trainers. We just hired another trainer um, that's coming to start on Monday. We actually wanted a female uh, trainer to come on board with us uh, because I feel like it brings an aspect to the company that we haven't had before. Uh, we had somebody that was uh, – as a kennel tech that we were going to move, it was a female that was going to move over to our uh, position in the training side. Unfortunately, uh, years ago, she was in a helicopter accident that uh, forced her. She was in the military. She forced her to uh, have to have surgery, and she needed. She's having three surgeries back to back to back. Mm -hmm. So she ended up having to move back to Birmingham, Alabama, in order to go have those surgeries and have her family take care of her. So, unfortunately, she didn't get to stay with us and and, and move on and go with the company, but. Uh, we wish her well and, and no hard feelings. Um, By the way, in case uh, you're wondering whose voice that is, that's uh, Mr. Owen Kokinda, who's, again, the owner of Canine Control Training uh, here in town. And, Owen, certainly you've had all the success in the business and it's been growing. But somewhere along the line, you decided, hey, you know what? I have more of an appetite as an entrepreneur and I want to branch out. And so you started 
now some other ventures and gotten your hands in other uh, segments. Uh, let's talk a little bit about um, kind of how you made that decision, first of all, that you were at the space and you had the right infrastructure to do that and uh, kind of why that went towards the, the hemp-driven model that you have as a company. Sure. So basically, I, I wish I could take credit for all of it, but the reality of it was is I felt that uh, with my wife that – you know, she needed something for herself as well. You know, dealing with kids on a, a full-time basis is, is hard, and I can't give anybody enough credit who's a stay-at-home mom. But, uh, you know, she needed something that was going to be hers and something that she could look forward to. And, and I didn't want to be the, the the complete breadwinner and feel like I was holding anybody back. So we, we started looking at avenues for her as well that she could, you know, kind of get her feet wet and do things. And uh, she started into what she found was a direct selling market, which was Canaway. And uh, that kind of led me in a direction of, okay, well, let's let's build a brand. Let's build something around that. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way my brain works. I stay up late hours and I just keep thinking about different ways that I can grow something, uh, whatever it may be. So that kind of brought me to Hemp Driven. I, I developed and I got the website and uh I couldn't believe it was available, to be honest with you, with hemp moving in the direction where now it's become legal as of a few, what, about a month ago. It's now legal in America that we can start doing some major things with hemp. That was kind of, I wanted to build a brand so that people could uh, go there and get educated on the stuff that they see on the market today. Because the reality of it is about 70% of all CBD market is not what you read on the label. Uh, there's no FDA regulations. There's nothing out there that kind of gives people information for what they know they're buying. I've had people come to me all the time saying, oh, I've got this CBD oil and or I've got this CBD and I bought it, whatever, and it's just not real product or they're getting false information. And I felt like an educational platform needed to happen. So I started to try to develop one. And that's where we're at today is trying to keep people educated on what they're getting and the products they're getting. And I want people to pick up the phone and say, hey, I got this. Why is this not working? Or why is this not, not what you're selling? So, you know, you can buy a $35 bottle, but it doesn't mean that's what you're getting. You're not getting the quality. And I feel like quality is always better than quantity. Yeah, common theme. So what's your what's your vision? What's your end goal with Hemp Driven? With Hemp Driven, my end goal is really I, I, I'm not uh, – I bought Hemp Driven as a, a platform for us. However, I do believe that uh, at some point with hemp going the way it's going, that, that there's going to be maybe a car company, a, uh, somebody that's going to want the name. And there's a possibility that if the price is right, that I would I would sell them the, the rights to it. Um, so that's kind of what I'm looking for, Hemp Driven. I'd like right now where we're at, we're just educating people. Um, but it's just where we're going. And so I know you have a, a brand new venture you're just kind of starting to get your hands in the middle of. And um, the question just kind of stems to the, the balance of multiple business platforms, whom, by the way, are very different business models, right? Mm-hmm. Um, talk about mentally sort of how you switch back and forth between these business platforms. Sure. Well, I want to talk about the, the word you just said, balance. Okay. I, I, I myself had to ask this same exact question the other day, and I actually was fortunate enough to meet with some really uh, – influential people in in the world at this point uh but i i I asked that same question how do you balance because the the person that i was talking to is a successful billionaire um and i said how do you balance he's got a a two and a half year old and a five year old he's got business ventures that are uh, way bigger than mine um and he said don't look at balance as even parts of anything look at balance as a as like walking on a tightrope there's going to be certain times where you're really good in one area 
and you're having to overcorrect in another area. So you're trying to maintain yourself on that balance beam. And so if you start feeling yourself falling, you have to overcorrect the other direction. And so that's kind of the lifestyle that I'm trying to live right at this point is just when I find one business is is getting too much attention, I have to kind of back off and give the one that's starving. Or if my family life isn't where it should be, then I need to start focusing more on my family life. And, and you know, the, the, the new business venture that I'm getting into is really for both. It's for business and family. That's that's a lot of what I'm about at this stage of life is as I want to take care of my family. I want to be able to let my family grow and enjoy uh, things that I never could. Obviously, I'm not one of these people that's going to hand give my kids a handout. I want them to work just like I did. Um, but at the same time, I want them to see the experiences that I never got to see. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about the new venture. What exactly is it? Uh, so it's a company called Live, and Live is a it's a global uh, lifestyle. Really, I mean, it's, it's giving you a, a, a membership to be able to travel the world at a discounted rate. Um, it's get, creating experiences. So you're getting experiences that you could never get, uh, anywhere else. Essentially, uh, there was just a, re, a, a, a thing that was done with the movie Top Gun. There was the, the ship that Tom Cruise was on. Well, you or I could never go to anybody and say, Hey, I want to throw a party on there. Can you make that happen? It's not allowed. It's unheard of, right? But Liv was able to make that happen. They just had a huge party on that ship with a DJ and everything else um, because they have the, the people that they know the right people. So essentially, it's giving you life experiences that you would never get. So like we're getting ready to go to Cancun, Mexico. Well, we rented the entire island off of Cancun, Mexico to throw a huge, massive party with a bunch of people because that's going to be our launch party. So it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a really th- good thing. I can tell you, like I was just down in Fort Lauderdale. Um, it wasn't my VIP membership card because I hadn't become a member yet. However, the guy that I did stay with, it was his um, normal four and a half star room per night was two hundred ninety nine dollars plus tax. Uh, we used the the live uh, membership card. It ended up being one hundred and seventy one dollars. Um, so it's a huge savings, and there's lo- everything from the local level to um, you know the global level, and basically what we're trying to do is is create life experiences, whether it's inside your own city or whether it's somewhere else. Um, but you want to be able to a save money, but you also be able to maybe profit or at least get your membership for free. Um, so that's kind of the direction we're going, and and I really I think it has the huge potential to really make and change a lot of people's lives. They call it live. The reason it's called live is because. Well, you normally have a bucket list, right? And a lot of people find out at some point, oh, man, I only have six months to live. I'm going to sell everything I have, all the materialistic things. They get rid of it, and they're like, I want to travel the world. Well, there's no reason to do that. We don't have to do that. We can do it now. Let's live our life while we can. We only get one of them, so let's live it. And so that's kind of the model I'm following at this point. I'm you know, trying to really get myself out of my comfort zone and start you know, doing some more traveling and be able to do it with my family. So how'd you get connected with this venture? Um, so being in any type of network market, uh, you start to meet a lot of people. You watch a lot of people. And, uh, you know, I had a, a person that I had been watching and I knew that was going to be, you know, wherever he kind of was going to go, I was probably going to end up following. And and uh, that's what ended up happening. He decided that he was going to go into this new venture. I watched him and uh, he reached out to me after we saw one of his posts on Facebook and uh reached out to me and he's looking for influential people in the market. And so I was 
invited to go down and meet with some other people. And uh, that's how that kind of all got started. And do you find value, Owen, in being involved in something like that, um, that you then can take some principles, thought, strategy back to your primary business, um, the canine you know, control training aspect? And, and you think, does that help grow and build your primary model? I, I fully believe that the people you surround yourself with is what's going to help you move forward. So you can surround yourself with people that aren't on a certain level. You're probably going to be drugged down. You can surround yourself with people that know more, that do more, and you're probably going to help you work your way up. And so for me, that's always been what it's about. You know, I, I don't like to just surround myself with people that are one way or the other, but at the end of the day, I want to surround myself with people that are going to be a positive influence on me. And so by being around those people, they're teaching me skills that I wouldn't have known otherwise, especially about being an entrepreneur, because they've done it. They've done different things. They've made mistakes. And then they're teaching me their mistakes so that I don't do them with my business. And would you say that's sort of the main source of counsel that you get when it comes to deciding, are we going to grow? Are we going to expand? Are we going to go into this new thing? Is that where you grab that from? Or is there other sources that you get your info and knowledge and guidance from? I do a lot of research when it comes to business on a regular basis. So I I look at a lot of other businesses, what they're doing, how they're doing, and and see, oh, I would do that differently or I would do this differently. And I kind of make my own opinions. At the end of the day, I don't really... Uh, I'm not one that really listens to anybody. I kind of learn from my own faults a lot of times. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's a bad thing. But um, I do take people's advice, and I look at it, and I listen to it, and I, I, I determine at that point whether it's something I want to do for myself or not. Um, you know, I've been given a lot of bad advice, too. So Certainly. So right as we're winding down, uh, Leslie's not here. She usually asks these questions that we like to ask, and unfortunately, we're about out of time. But I am sure. going to ask one because it ties in Shoot. perfectly with your thought and concept. We normally say something that is on your bucket list. I'm going to say, what is something that's on your live list? My live list. I do want to go to the Czech Republic because that's my background. My nationality is Czechoslovakian. So I want to go see it. I've never been there. I definitely want to hit that on my live list. I uh, definitely want to hit Costa Rica on my live list. I've heard it's beautiful. Been there. I, I've never been. So I want to go. So I want to experience the world. Uh, it's not and. There's so many things just in America alone I've never seen. I know you're well on your way. Owen Kokenda, again, owner of K9 Control Training here in Charleston. Thank you for your story today. We greatly appreciate thank it. Thank you. Appreciate it, guys. And again, thank you to our audience for listening to another edition of Beyond the Business, heard here on 94.3 WSC every Saturday morning. And until next Saturday, Low Country, have a blessed week. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Business on News Radio 94.3 WSC. Tune in next Saturday morning at 7.30 for Beyond the Business, hosted by Eric Cox and Leslie Haywood, and heard exclusively on News Radio 94.3 WSC.